Good evening and hope you had an awesome day. So as I'm sure you're aware, today is Yom HaShoah, the day when we commemorate the six million brutally murdered in the Holocaust. However, as I've said many times before, as Jews, we not only remember, but it's also important that we take the sweetest form of revenge, namely doing more of what they hated us doing and being more of exactly what they didn't want us to be. And that's why I want to dedicate tonight's episode to all of those Holocaust heroes, as well as to one more person, a person full of heart who represents our revenge. In fact, he is just one big Jewish heart, as his name is Lev Hart. And today I got to zoom into his bar mitzvah, where he not only leaned but spoke like a soul well beyond his years. He happens to also be the son of a wonderful young couple, actually the first couple I ever had the honor and privilege of officiating a wedding for. Both of these events highlight for me the importance of remembering that the Jewish people are here today because of our fierce commitment to commemorating and celebrating our milestones and our future, regardless of how difficult the situation may be. So my friends, on this Yom HaShoah, I want to talk about the Bar Mitzvah. But I'm not talking about today's event, but about another Bar Mitzvah boy who had a really hard time leaving his home to go to his own Bar Mitzvah as well. This Bar Mitzvah took place just over 70 years ago. And the story was actually shared by a good friend of mine, Noam, at his son's Bar Mitzvah a while back. Now, not going through every word, but here is a short excerpt from this man's memoirs. That night, I lay awake in my clothes, tossing and turning. My Bar Mitzvah, I thought. Usually, all my school friends and aunts and uncles and cousins would have come to see me read in the synagogue. There would have been a kiddish after the service, but of course, there was no synagogue anymore, no challah rolls or potatoes or chicken. A few hours must have passed before I heard my father stir, my mother too. I sat up on my mattress. We must be quiet, father whispered, like the night we went to Abraham's bakery. I nodded and stood. My mother came to me and hugged me tight. Come back to me, a man, my Yannick. Only come back. I will, I promised her. Mother kissed me on the cheek and walked us to the steel door that protected our rooftop home. She slid the metal bars back in place when we were through. Father led me through the back alleys again. Once we turned the corner to find another night stalker, but it was a Jewish boy carrying a bag of something over his shoulder, food, I guess, smuggled through some hole in the wall, and all three of us gasped. And when it was clear that none of us was a Nazi, we all hurried on our way without a word. Our path took us towards the wall, and at first I wondered if Father meant to take us out. We climbed into an old abandoned warehouse building. Almost every window was broken and open to the sighing wind, and the rotting wood had holes in it. There were stairs at the back, narrow and rickety, and down we went into the basement. It wasn't exactly where I imagined celebrating one of my biggest milestones of life, but I followed along without a word. There were men in the basement waiting for us. My uncles Abraham and Moshe, cousin David, two more men I recognized as friends of my father and three more I didn't even know. One of them held out a set of Torah scrolls in a burlap sack, saved perhaps from one of the ghetto synagogues before it burned to the ground. The men whispered hello. Ordinarily, my uncles and cousins would have embraced us and talked, but everyone was too scared of being found out after curfew to say anything more. The stairs creaked behind us and we all turned. My heart was in my throat. If we were caught down here together with the Torah in hand, I would never become a man. I would be shot dead on sight. But the shoes we saw coming down were not the glistening boots of an SS officer. They were the brown leather shoes of Mr. Tatakra from down the hall. Now we are 10 men, my father whispered. He smiled at me and soon we shall be 11. I'm sorry we do not have more time for your studies, Yannick. Just try your best. My Hebrew was rough. Before the Nazis, I would have been at the synagogue once or twice a week ahead of time practicing for this. But of course, that was impossible now. I muddled through, and if God or man heard anything amiss, neither of them called me on it. 
And when I was finished, my father chanted a blessing over me in the place of our rabbi who had been killed by the Germans. He prayed in Hebrew and then spoke in Polish. Yannick, my son, you are a man now. And remember what the Talmud teaches. Life is but a river. It has no beginning, no middle, and no end. All we are, all we are worth, is what we do while we float upon it. How we treat our fellow man. Remember this, and a good man you will be. I will, Father, I said. I had waited for this day, looked forward to it for years, and suddenly it didn't matter that we weren't in a synagogue, that we didn't have a feast waiting for us afterwards. The smile on my father's face filled me with pride. My friends, on Yom HaShoah, a day that started with a bar mitzvah young man, it is clear to me that we don't let our circumstances determine our limitations. They only increase our determination. As long as being oppressed only brings out the goodness in us more, as long as parents are committed to carrying on the legacy of generations that preceded them, we will continue to take revenge on those Nazis. So, my friends, Am Yisrael Chai, because there is no other way than doing it this way. And on that note, wishing all of those Nishamot Aliyot from seeing the next generation step up for their Aliyahs and wishing you a wonderful night. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.